And we are on. There we go. Yep, everything's working. Just check this out here. Wow, there you go. Yep, everything is working. Everything sounds good. Well, let's get make sure this here is working. Yep. YouTube is, is working. Wow. Yep. There you go. YouTube is up. And we are connected. Get Twitch up here. Fantastic. There we go. Now we got both chats up. We can look at both chats. All right. Well, Let's uh, let's do a self introduction then. Okay. After you. Well, hi. Welcome to the Four T Podcast. My name is Brian, and my name is Austin, and uh, we are veteran ALTs here in Japan. Uh, I've been here for seven years myself, and this is my tenth year here in Japan. So. We're not necessarily experts on the talk, topics we're talking about, but we've been here long enough to know exactly how things work. Right. Oh, that's interesting. So, if you have any questions for us or concerns, comments, please let us know. Right, so our first topic that we're going to be talking about today is getting apartments in Japan, something that everyone has to deal with when they first come here. Right. And something that we both, of course, have a little experience with. Definitely. Yeah. So let's talk about experiences getting an apartment first before we delve into the laws and everything else going into getting an apartment. So when I first came to Japan, like very first, I came through um, a dispatch company. And the dispatch company had already set up most of my apartment and most of all, all of that other stuff as well. So when I first came, I didn't have to like get off the plane and go look for an apartment immediately. Right. And for me, it was the same as well. I came through a dispatch company, and they had the apartment all set up. Now, one thing that's interesting, and I'd be interested to see about your experience, did your apartment have furniture? No, my apartment had an air conditioning. Air conditioning. And I was very lucky. I got something called a Leo Palace uh, apartment, and it came fully furnished. And by fully furnished, I mean it had a bed only. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen um, um, other friends of mine, have they went to places where there was a desk, a chair, mm. and a quote-unquote futon. <laughs> but... The thing was, it, it had been so used that there was like mm. literally no comfort left to it yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, some of the apartments, m most of the apartments don't come with furniture. That's just the style in Japan. Uh, some of them, the more recent ones that I've seen, have all the stuff built into the wall. So the desks yep. pull out and the bed is built in. So it's a... Murphy. There you go. It's Murphy, a Murphy bed. bed. Yeah, yeah. So... 
that's been that's been the recent trend but i think when we both came there was nothing in the apartments when you come no no like um so like the majority of like dispatch companies they like do contracts with places like leo mm. palace so a lot of times that uh, the alt will be living in a leo palace or a leo palace like located like like uh setup in a location in japan unless you live out in the boondocks <laughs> yeah and then when you're living in the boondocks it's a whole different story you can end up anywhere from i had friends who ended up in a ryokan the traditional japanese hotel to a old house mm-hmm. that was just rented out by a family friend of the dispatch company right so there's right. a lot of different things you can end up with when you come to Japan. So one of the things that I ended up with was a little small apartment in this little village outside a bigger city. Mm. And uh, when I got my apartment, I was like, we went to training and training's like, oh yeah, don't worry. They have, you know, refrigerators already there. Mm. You have your, um, what is it? They have your bed and everything ready mm. for it. I'm like, great. I looked at the price for my apartment per, mu- per month. I was like, great. It's, it's actually <laughs> pretty cheap. And I get to the apartment and I walk inside. I'm like, where's the bed? <laughs> where's the um, refrigerator? I mean, just those two things I'd have been set. But I get into the apartment, there's nothing. Mm. Not only that is uh what made it even worse is like if we have a problem we're supposed to call our dispatch company right like if there are issues and uh i hadn't even gotten my phone at that time so i literally just walked through the front door hadn't even gotten the phone (laughs) and i'm like i need to go to a pay phone (laughs) to call my dispatch company and take a stack of 10 yen coins Mm, yeah yeah that's that's uh, one of the harder parts, definitely making sure that everything's everything's there and getting connected with either the, your dispatch company or the landlord right. of the building you're leasing, you're renting out. I was, I was lucky when I came. The uh, dispatch company, they came all the way. We drove from, they gave me a car. I had my international license and we drove five hours from Tokyo all the way up to North Japan where we are now. And... The guy was exhausted. He had been working all day, but he stayed with me at the apartment, called everyone, got the bed delivered, got internet set up, and stayed until the middle of the night and then left. So I had a little better experience moving in than you, I think. Yeah, Sounds like. I, I was uh, dropped off and said, because uh, we hadn't even, I hadn't even got my rental car yet. So they literally dropped me off out of my apartment and said, someone will be by in like two or three days to uh, help you go get uh, groceries and whatnot. Mm. Like, two or three days, what am I supposed to do during that time? <laughs> I don't even have a fridge. Yeah. 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 For me, I was like, they had the little mini fridges you get in like university. Yeah. That, that's about all I had the re- my whole time in my first apartment. Yep. Yeah. And one little IH heater. Yeah. That's That's about it. Yeah. Yep. I had, I had, uh, I went out and bought like a hot plate, an IH, like the, what is it, induction heating uh, hot plate. And I got a microwave that I got at a secondhand shop. Ah, there you go. And then I finally got a refrigerator. And because I was in Ishinomaki at the time, 
and this was directly after the um, disaster, mm. everyone's telling me do not buy the used um, refrigerators because some of the refrigerators might have been in the disaster and uh, got salt water in them and then there'd been corrosion and right. all this stuff. So you need to buy brand new. <laughs> so I went out and I bought a brand new fridge, not a full size one, like a, a half fridge. Right. Yeah. The Yeah. It, it's, it was bigger than like the college dorm fridge. Right. Like but it was, I had. But it's smaller than the, uh, the your full size fridge. Right. Did yours have the uh, freezer? Yep. As well? had a freezer. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yep. So, um, that was that was the one thing that people were telling me. So I, that was the one thing new that I bought. <laughs> nice. The only thing new I bought was uh, dishes and silverware. Mm -hmm. That's that's one thing that really didn't come with my apartment. Yep. That was a necessity. Yep. So for the first couple of days, I just ate bentos from the local convenience store. Yep. Same here. I mean, but the other thing was is that they the. Dispatch company that I had worked with said it's going to be two months before your first paycheck. Oh wow! Yeah, so they 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 said you get paid one month behind. Okay. So, I I brought enough money to get me by for that two month period before my first paycheck, but I didn't factor in that I wasn't going to have a fridge. <laughs> so I lived in my apartment for two months without a fridge. Wow. How much weight did you gain that first couple months? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. I got got pretty big. Yep. Yeah, I think that's in university. It's the freshman fifteen in Japan. It's what the newbie. There's got to be a fun way to say that, but everyone gains weight the first time they come here a little bit. Definitely, especially with the if the convenience store is close oh, enough. Yeah. Get the fried chicken and the royal milk tea. I mean, yeah. like when you when you're here before, you know, the culture shock really hits in, whatnot. You want to try everything, like every snack, yeah, every drink, every alcoholic drink. Oh yeah, yeah. It's you're like a kid in a candy store. Just walk through, grab one thing. You don't know what it is. Yep. And then next thing you know, you put on ten pounds, <laughs> five kilos. You know, yep. Somewhere around there, and uh, you are uh, you're not uh, you're not as uh, Healthy as you Yeah, think. not as spry as you used to be. Right. So you were talking about bringing money to and having money in your to uh, survive for the first couple of months. Yep. So when I, when I came to Japan, I was advised to have 3,000 US dollars yep. with me. How about you? I, they told me that, that the <coughs> average person usually brings about three grand. Yeah. But I know how to be super cheap. <laughs> and I usually am a little bit more frugal than their average person <laughs> so i ended up uh bringing about uh i think a little over two thousand okay so when you moved into your apartment i know in japan it's normal practice to pay the when you before you move in you have to pay one month's advance rent and then you have to pay the key money mm -hmm. did you have to pay key money to the that that's a practice that's kind of disappeared as time yeah. has gone on but are we talking about making I think so, yeah. I think yeah, that's because there's security deposit, there's security deposit, right. there's day keen, and then there is the um, what is it? There's there's another fee. I can't remember what. Ah, oh, there's too many fees. Yeah. 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 Um, I think it is day keen. Yeah. Yeah. The goodwill, goodwill, money to the landlord. Yeah, it's basically giving your landlord a one month's rent, extra money, so that you seem more trustworthy and won't leave your apartment. The the way I kind of put it, it's like the mafia. That's protection money, pretty much. They'll yep. 
you you put that down saying I'm going to be a good person. Just don't mess with me. I'll be I'll be I'll behave. <laughs> right, but it's only a one-time fee. It's not like something you have to pay. Yeah, it's over one and over and over and one-time over. fee, non-refundable. Yep, you'll lose that. For me, it was 250,000 250, yen. Oh, and speaking of security deposit, you will also lose that too. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any case where you do get that back. I can't no, think of any. Because like in, in like the U.S., when you get an apartment, you put down a security deposit. Right. If the apartment is clean, pristine, and everything like that, you get that money back. But in Japan, even if there is, it's completely immaculate, you had a cleaning company come in and clean that apartment top to bottom for less than the cost of the security deposit, your landlord will still tell you that, sorry, you don't get your security deposit back. So yeah. do not expect to get your security deposit back. Ever. <laughs> and well, I know that sounds a little unfair. Uh, the, the laws in Japan, they favor the landlord over the uh, person renting. So landlord pretty much has the say in everything. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it even... And this this goes into um, a little bit, and we should talk about how you get an apartment in Japan. Mm, yeah. So, Austin, when you go to get an apartment in Japan, do you just kind of you know open up the newspaper, you know look online and see an apartment, and just call up the landlord and say, "Hey, I'd like to rent from you." As nice as that would be, no. This is Japan, and the bureaucracy is everywhere. So you have to go through the correct channels to get there. Right. So the. When you go through the dispatch company, they take care of everything ahead of time. But when you're n not dealing with the dispatch company, mm -hmm. you have to start with you have to start with figuring out the area you want to live in, get that pat down, figure that out. Then you go to the um, what is it, realtor re realtor the fudosanya, mm -hmm. and from there, then you can go visit the apartment buildings, and then you can figure out which one you want, and then negotiate, if they have it, negotiate price. Right. Yeah. So, um, another thing that, uh, what is it, that I found is that um, when you go to a location, as a foreigner going into the location, they have a giant book, booklet of places you can, vi you can uh, visit to see if you want to rent them, mm. but they always skip over a few pages. It always seems to be on. They do have... what. Every time I've gone to get an apartment after the dispatch company, it's been with, with my wife. So she's been she's been the one to handle everything. But they mm -hmm. do seem to they do seem to kind of avoid different sections if you are a foreigner, yep. which is interesting. Well, it's actually really funny because like uh, when I was in Sendai and I was actually looking for an apartment. Uh, the guy that I went to go rent rent through, I think it was Abel, <clears throat> he looked very worried. He had this worried look on his face. And originally, I thought that he was worried because, uh, what was it, uh, because he was working with a foreigner. Well, he was worried because he was working with a foreigner, but it wasn't the, you know, your stereotypical kind of like scared of foreigners right. is the fact that it was going to be hard to find an apartment. Uh, one of the main problems, um, especially after the disaster in uh, Ishinomaki when I had moved to Sendai, was uh, finding landlords that would rent to foreigners. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's um, I think before two thousand, the the laws the laws made it that landlords were able to restrict renting out apartments to anyone they they wanted to. So they yep. could they could say, we have the right to deny service to you. Doesn't matter your race, creed, gender, sexuality, anything. I think after two thousand, it changed a little bit, so it's a little more difficult difficult for them to say just because you're a foreigner, you can't move here. But it still is a practice that happens yeah. even today. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the prefectures where it's still it's illegal is Kawasaki Prefecture. And I think hmm. that is the only prefecture in Japan where there can be actually be legal ramifications for doing this. Hmm. Yeah, other yeah, that's the only one I can think of because everywhere else it seems to be just a natural part of business. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I went to look for an apartment in Sendai. They opened a book. There were showed me eight different apartments. And he's like, all right, I need to make some phone calls. And he's like, mm. give me your top five. I said, one, two, three, four, mm. five. Called every single one of them. And all of them said, we don't rent to foreigners. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a difficult part. Yeah. And one of the things that was really interesting is I think that they are... Um, what what did they legally have to do is give the reason why hmm. they have to give a reason why if i'm not mistaken right like they can't just say no foreigner they they can't just say no foreigners but they have to have like a a, a quote unquote legitimate reason why yeah they have to justify it they they have to have i don't don't remember the legal term but there has to be a justifiable reason why they wouldn't rent to a foreigner and if you do end up renting from an apartment building and they and you find that maybe they're charging you more than others because you are a foreigner that's technically legal yeah unless you can unless you can have paperwork that shows that you're paying more than other people or that you're being discriminated against right there's nothing you can do about that yep. and even if you do do something about it you have the paperwork there's really nothing that the apartment buildings or the people will do right generally speaking they will they will find a way to uh take care of the legal um legal ramifications outside of a court mm -hmm. i think generally a court case they people hate to use the lawyers yep so it's a local dispute between a landlord and a renter can take up to 300 days to to fix it and with all the money that's spent between those times it's not worth going to the, the court for that right and the other thing is is that if you do go to court in japan whether it be for a civil suit or for uh, something like that what'll happen is is the um depending on who wins the civil suit Whoever drug out the 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 uh, court case for the longest actually has to pay a, a certain amount of money, and depending in if let's just say the landlord was in the wrong, usually they have to pay like a ten percent plus on top of uh, however much money they were supposed to give back for each subsequent month that you had to pay. Right. 
Yeah, but even then, the laws are so skewed in their in their favor. You'd be hard pressed to even right. you get that from that. Right. So, and a lot of times, like uh, the lawyer will literally tell you whether it's worth actually going to court or not. Yeah, and that's another whole story. Trying to find a lawyer, really. Yeah. The, a lawyer that's willing to take on a foreigner's case. Yes. It's, it's rare. It, it's very rare because usually, like, the conviction rate in Japan is at ninety-eight percent. Is that what it is? Pretty much. Wow. Almost every every conviction, like most conviction cases in Japan, are about ninety-eight percent. So unless it's a sure win, yeah, he's not the the lawyer isn't going to take it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one part about having the apartment you got to be careful of, not to. If you're going to dispute with your landlord, just know that the laws are in their favor and they have all the rights in the world to just let you go, kick yep. you out if they want to. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So we should talk about moving. Yes, there you go. That's a good one. So moving into apartment. So that's when you first come to Japan, the dispatch company, if you come through a dispatch company, will cover all of that. Mm -hmm. What if you're not coming through a dispatch company? How do you move in? Do you know if you're moving from one part, one apartment to another apartment? Mm -hmm. What's the procedure? There is a there is an actual social procedure to yes. the to the moving. So go for one it. thing. One thing you have to. There's so many steps involved. You have to not only tell your apartment mates that not not people you're living with, your neighbors, that you will be moving. You'll be making noise. You'll be packing boxes going up and down the stairs a month ahead of time you also have to go to the apartment you will be moving into and introduce yourself and say we'll be moving in on this day and sorry for all the noise and bring gifts and all that yeah but don't don't forget that you not only have to bring gifts to your new neighbors you have to give gifts to your old neighbors yes. at the same time yep so <laughs> it might cost you more in gifts than it does oh. to actually move. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Now if now if people actually do that, that's 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 another story. I've had living in apartments. I've had people just move in, move out without really doing any eyesight to coming and greetings. But I I've made it a point when I move into apartments. I've moved, I've lived into three different apartments to always definitely put my best foot forward and yep. do the eye shots at everyone and it costs like he said it does cost a lot a of money pretty penny yeah especially if you're if you're close to your neighbors you got to get something really nice even if you're not close to your neighbors you got to get something for them a bottle of sake rice towels i get a lot of a yeah. lot of towels in japan yeah well i mean they're usually really really cheap <laughs> That's no, true. seriously, no. Yeah. They're usually really, really cheap, and there's kind of that social understanding that you have to bring a gift. So if someone gives you a towel, you're like, "Gee, thanks. You've completed your social obligation." Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think towel is a default thing. It's you can just go to any store and they have them in boxes or they're set into their you know origami yeah. things, and they're super cheap. And just give it to them, and by the end of you know ten years, you have a closet of nothing but towels. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing is, is that like towels are pretty much always a safe bet because exactly. people have uh, what is it, food allergies? Because you know, bringing food items and whatnot is usually something that 
you you do like neighbors yeah like if, you, you like um as an example my father-in-law sent my wife and sons uh what is it four medium-sized watermelons oh, wow now there is no way that the four of us are going to be able to eat four medium-sized watermelons we're thankful for him. <laughs> so we take a watermelon and we take it to the neighbor. And neighbor lived next, right next door has, uh, what is it, a husband and wife with two kids, two boys. So take a watermelon, give it to them. Um, less than three, four days later, they come back with a giant sack of potatoes that they had gotten from their uh, garden. So, I mean, yep. that's, it's one of those things about moving. And even with apartments, whether it's a house or an apartment, usually works the same way. Yeah, it, it generally seems to. And a lot of the gifts, depending on where you where you live, they will either be store-bought or they will be, like you said, taken from your own personal garden. And it seems in the Inaka, in the, out, in the uh, wilds of Japan, taking things from your garden seems to be more of a thoughtful gift. There seems yep. to be more of a... Uh, they seem to cherish it a little more. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's, this is directly from you and your family, like your family's garden, instead of you actually going out to a grocery store and buying something yeah. and giving it. Yeah, it shows, it just shows that extra caring. To, so, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, also with moving, moving companies. Yes. There are a lot of moving companies, actually. Yeah. There's like, is it Sakai? There's Sakai, there's uh, the one Ichinisan. One, yeah, two, Ichinisan, or Z Zero Ichinisan. Is it Zero Ichinisan? Yeah. And there's, then there's, uh, what is it? Um, there's this cloud one. I think it's cloud. called Cloud. Really? It, I think it might be a local one out of Sendai, but there, oh, okay. that was the one that my wife and I used when we moved from our apartments to um, the house here. Okay. Have you? So you've used a, a moving company? Oh, yeah. Okay. Whenever we move, we just throw it in the back of our truck and go. Right. Well... You have to understand that my wife had her vehicle, her small, small vehicle, and we had to move a bed. Ooh. Oh, well, like, there you go. Yeah. yeah, like a big bed. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, she also had a lot of stuff in her apartment. And it's also the Japanese thing to actually hire a moving company, no yeah. matter how uh, how few, how few, how much how few your furniture yeah how few items you actually have yeah, yeah you actually have and um so we ended up getting a um a moving company and it, it was really nice because the moving company actually went to her apartment which was in ishinomaki moved her mm -hmm. stuff to the house then came to sendai and got my stuff and moved mm -hmm. my stuff to the house so what what's the experience like when they come to pick up everything do you box everything up before they come well, there's a two there's two parts to this. So mm. usually what happens is is that you sit down with a person that does all the like the planning for it. And usually they come to you like it could be a month, it may be like two weeks prior to them actually coming coming and actually doing the move. So you tell them, Hey, I'd like to move on this such and such date and they'll be like, Hey, uh, let's schedule a time well, what date do you want to move? Like, we want to move this date. Well, could you move this date instead mm. sort of thing? Um, a lot of times they'll actually send someone to come out to an apartment or your your apartment you're moving from, and they'll actually sit down and talk with you, and you'll do a whole contract thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, someone comes in a business suit and whatnot. So, I mean, it's really interesting. 
But um, uh, one of the the funny things about it is, is that throughout the year there are specific times in which the price for moving is extremely high. Yeah. And extremely cheap. Yeah, I think I I'm not sure about this. I think one of the highest times is in March or April, so right? Right at, when, the, right at the end, of, it's the last two weeks of March and the first two weeks of April. Right, and that that revolves around the school year ending and beginning. Um, the fiscal, fiscal, uh, fiscal year, fiscal year. So all the companies are moving everybody. All the schools are starting. Every basically everything that deals with the public and private sphere all start like the the year the fiscal year starts on April first. Right. Yeah. So everybody who is has to move from job to job or different from main headquarters to a branch, or teachers that have to move from one school to another, or Anybody that is basically getting a job change or they're getting uh, rearranged inside their company, they're moving during that time. Right. Because they're not told that they're mo- they're going to be moving until usually two weeks before. Uh, to sometimes it'll be a month, sometimes two months. But I've I've known people that have gotten the two week notice that hey, you're moving from Sendai to Hiroshima. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not that's not so rare. I've heard of that too. Yep. So I mean, the funny thing is, is that these moving companies, the price jumps almost five times the amount. Oh, wow. From from the cheapest point to the uh, highest point. Yes. Wow. So to put it put it put this in perspective, um, when we moved from our apartment and whatnot, we moved in January. Hmm. So in January we moved uh, from. Uh, what is it, right around the 12th, I think, Okay. of January. So it's right after New Year's and everything. Um, and we got talking with the person. They're like, yeah, no one moves during this time. <laughs> so uh, we're actually really looking for work. So uh, we'll quote you a price of, uh, what was it, four mon four for mon. both apartments. Very nice. One in Ishinomaki and one in Sendai, which... Mind you me, that's like a 20, 30-minute drive between mm. the two of them. Yeah. And um, they said, yeah, if you would have gone and tried to do this in March or whatnot, yeah, it would have been probably about uh, 20, Whoa. 20 wow. mon or 200,000 yen. Yes. Wow. Yeah, but those prices don't really surprise me for, for no. the services here in Japan. Yeah. Right. Right. So the moving company, when they actually come in, you can choose from two different things. Either mm. you can pack the stuff up yourself and they'll give you all the boxes. Oh, okay. Or they can come in and pack the stuff up for you for a pretty hefty fee. I, I imagine so, yeah. Right. Now, when they do come, they move everything for you. And they have, like, these giant blankets that they throw mm. out. Like, if they're moving a refrigerator, they're moving, like, a washing machine and whatnot. They've got, or, like, a television Right. They've got these giant blankets, and if they make any marks or they make anything like on the floor, anything like that, they are completely one hundred percent liable for it. Right. Yeah. You you always see, you've always seen. You know, they put the they put the padding up on the walls and the on the floors. They put the carpets like you're saying. Everyone comes in their paper when they come in. They put in paper uh, shoes and everything as well. Yep. 
Yeah, it's I I've never used a moving company, but it'd be interesting to watch it, watch the process. The other thing is, is that one thing that the company doesn't tell you you should do, but you should do on your own just to be safe, is to go around your apartment or house and take pictures yeah. of the walls and whatnot and make sure that they're like dated, stamped, whatever. And then or and then have uh, the moving company come through and if they make any marks or anything on the wall, you take pictures and then if the, you can uh, open a dispute with the uh, moving company. Well, and that's actually a practice you should do with the apartments as well. Yes. Um, that's, that's something I always advise. So when I moved into my apartment, my first apartment, I went through with my cell phone and took took pictures of every single wall, every single thing I could find. And then when I moved out, I took pictures of every single wall and every single thing I could find, um, scratches or whatnot. So if there was a dispute and if they said, oh, you owe extra money, I can say, no, I have it right here that it's it was here before. So that's actually a good practice to have for renting an apartment. Mm-hmm. Or renting houses as well, um, if you rent a house. That's a, a solid practice to have as well. Definitely. Another thing is is that obviously every landlord is going to be different. Mm. So there are certain landlords that you may get that if you step on a board <laughs> with too strong of like a, a – with your foot pressing on it too strong – you may get like a warning saying <laughs> never make a noise again yeah. or we'll kick you out of your apartment. So you learn to avoid that that single <laughs> board in your apartment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely every landlord is different. I think I I, I can't imagine that there is much of a general rule between the landlords of how you're supposed to do the business. It seems like Everyone is different. Have you yeah. ever heard of any laws that, any like unions or anything that they have to follow, rules that they have to follow? I think like, there there's a certain like housing rules, like there can't be mold in the apartment, yeah, that, there can't be like, uh, what is it, everything has to be up to code, right? Like yeah, yeah. electrical and everything. But when it comes to actually practices with, um, with tenants, yeah. I haven't seen anything like yeah. like it's one of those things like it's one of those things your landlord knows every rule but the renter knows or the tenant knows absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems to be they you kind of roll the dice with whoever whoever you get. Yep. And if you're lucky, good for you. If you're if you're not lucky, you're in hell for a little bit. Yep. Definitely. Until you can move out. Definitely. Yeah. Anything else you can think about we could talk about for apartments? I think one thing that might be interesting to talk about is construction on apartments while you're living in them. Oh, yeah. Um, just the generally what happens and how Japanese construction on buildings seems to be a little bit different than other places. Yep. So when I was living in my first second, second apartment, we had the 311 big earthquake. Yep. And I was lucky we didn't get any damage because we're up on top. We were up on top of a mountain, so it's pretty sturdy. Yeah, we got some cracks in the wall, and our pavement got just destroyed. So we got a notice. I think we got a notice two months in advance, that saying that on this day, for this weekend, people will come, and to please move your stuff so they can fix all the pavement. Yep. So when when the day came, people put up. Even though they were just working on the ground, they put up the uh, 
netting around the building yep to make sure that nothing would fly out and hit the windows or well, hit anything else there, there there's a two part for the netting there's also oh, okay. there, there the first part of it is obviously so that if stuff uh breaks off it doesn't hit anything else the other thing is is that there's this whole um thing about appearances in japan mm. where when something is being uh renovated or something is being fixed you want to give that shock and awe that wow look behind it because if you come to japan and you look at all this netting that they put around there you can't see anything mm, yeah yeah that's true you can't see through it if if it was just for uh for practical purposes you would be able to see through the netting but there's like someone was telling me it's like oh they're doing renovation on this they want to give it this cool appearance because there's going to be construction for a month and a half and people are going to walk by hey what's going on all of a sudden the netting comes down wow you know if you don't live in japan you you really just kind of think what what's the point that's really stupid but when you've lived here for so long and you know how japanese people think like presentation is everything you want to have the uh you know, be the, have the pride and show your right. their best face. That completely makes sense, and it's so funny. Yep. I just, wow. Yep. Hmm. And uh, going off just the netting and t giving uh, advance notice when they when people will uh, do sides of buildings as well, they'll put up the whole netting on the side and the scaffolding. And one thing in my apartment building when they repainted is that was really interesting. They put blackout no, it wasn't blackout but you couldn't see into the apartment so they put blackouts around all the windows so mm -hmm. people looking in couldn't see which was an interesting interesting little addition that I hadn't seen before mm -hmm. something that might might happen in other apartments I'm not sure alright yeah cool cool so anything else you'd like to add to this I can't think of anything um, if you do come to Japan uh, one of the largest companies that you would want to look for for uh getting an apartment would be chintai well there's chintai and must mini mini uh, yeah, mini mini this those are there's only f like four major ones all nationwide or four or five yeah well so mini mini is one chintai right. is one must is another one and then there is it's not Mitsui. It's something along the... I think it's Mitsui. Mitsui? Mitsui. But Mitsui normally only deals in um, high high class. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. The the mansions and the five-star, yeah. The right. giant ones. We should tell them about the 1K, 1LDK, 1... That was another thing we totally skipped over yeah. for apartments. Okay, so... It, the, measurement, the measurements for Japanese apartments are interesting. So they're measured by... How many tatami mats can fit into a room? So a tatami mat is one by it's it's about one meter or a little over three feet. Right. By, like, I want to say like seventy centimeters. It's something like that. It's yeah. something. It's it's like between uh, like uh, sixty and seventy centimeters. So if you sit if you sit with your knees with your hands on your knees, that's pretty much one tatami mat. Pretty yeah. much. It, it's, That's the width it, of one to yeah. Um And so that is a joel. Yeah, yeah, it's, joel. it's joel. So if you if you look at a if you go shopping for an apartment in Japan and you see, you know, six joel, roku joel, 
there's six Tommy mats that can fit in the room. Right. Which that's six Nokucho is pretty normal for an apartment. Yeah, no, that's that 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 would be like your bedroom. Yeah. That would be a bedroom. That would be a good bedroom size or even um a uh, a larger kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rokujo is pretty good. Yep. Uh one of the apartments I was in was Hachi 8. Ooh. Wow, lucky. So it was it was 8 Joe. That was the main like bedroom. It it, it, it was a lot bigger obviously, right. but it wasn't it wasn't so significantly so so much it wasn't so significant that I noticed like the six between eight. There really isn't. Yeah, there's not there's not much really. The biggest one I have ever had was uh, it was a studio apartment, and Ooh. it was sixteen. 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 Wow, I can't even. Oh, okay, that's pretty big. Yeah, I mean it was expensive and whatnot, and it was uh, it it was a one k. Which means that it was one room in a kitchen, mm. and when they when they say like you have like one K, one LDK, one LK, mm. and whatnot, what they're talking about is your living room, kitchen, and then the number corresponds to how many bedrooms are in it. Right. So there's all the different codes, like he was saying LDK, LK, DK. There's also a couple of different ones that most people wouldn't wouldn't deal with there is s which is stands for special or something like that which that would be for apartments larger apartments or the more fancy yeah like lu luxury apartments. yeah there you go luxury so like apartments. A, an s would be like uh like a den or an office yeah yeah and there's a couple different codes that most people coming to japan especially if you're just going to be an english teacher you won't be dealing with so yeah. The ones to the ones to remember are L, D, and K. Living yep. room, dining room, kitchen. Yep. And then there's the one, two, three, mm -hmm. um, L, D, K, and that refers to how many bedrooms are going to be in. There. Right. So if you are actually moving here with a family, like you have a wife and like a child or two children and whatnot, you might want to look for like a two L, D, K. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For a single occupancy, one L, D, K would be perfect. Yep. Anything two L, D, K, sign L, D, K would be good for a starting apartment for a family right and if you're going to live in like what they call a one room mansion that is mm. technically a 1k or like a studio apartment right yeah and some and some of these some of those mansion apartments or what japan calls a mansion apartment they can be like that rokujo like that really small room mm. and that'd be the only room and then there's a kitchen and a bathroom attached to it so yeah. it's definitely something to look out for yeah and when you're getting an apartment, sometimes you won't even have the, you won't even have a living room or a kitchen. Yep. Uh, because it'll be, I don't know the name of it, but like the, it's a public, the bath is public, the kitchen is a public, like a share oh, house. There's yeah, share houses there's or the share house or they, they call, I think they call it a dio. Dio. Okay. Or okay. Dormitory. Kind of yeah, dormitory style. Yeah, that's dormitory style. Yep. Where everything is kind of public. You have your own room. And then everything else is public. Yep. That's, it's not so, it's, it's pretty rare outside of big cities. But when you're inside a big city where, you know, it, everything's super expensive, especially in Tokyo, Shibuya, and places like that, you'll have a lot of the dormitory style Definitely. housing. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yep. All right. But I think that's all we've got. Yeah, I can't think of anything area. else. Yeah, neither can I. 
Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you can, uh, what is it, uh, message us or whisper us on um, uh, Twitch. You can also, if you're on YouTube, you can uh, message us on YouTube as well. We also have Facebook, Twitter, and um, our own webpage. And feel free to uh, contact us there if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Yes, anytime. And this is 4T Podcast, and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.